All right, welcome back. It's a, the Avid Investor Podcast with me, your host, Josh Adamek, and today we're going to talk about retailing, uh, also commonly known as flipping houses. And I'm going to give you some tips, some tricks, some strategies on you know how you can go about doing a flip, doing a retail um, uh, type transaction. So here goes. First off, um, let me start by saying <clears throat> when it comes to when it comes to the terminology, um, when it uh, when it comes to the terminology retailing or flipping or renovating, um, you know, I know the common term right now is flipping houses that you see it all over the all over the news, all over the Internet, all over TV. You know, there's shows uh, flip this house. Um, but in my opinion, um, you know, I, don't, I prefer not to use the term flipping houses for a couple of reasons. Here's why, um, you know, again, in my opinion, when you talk about flipping a house, my opinion is that, you know, it sounds cheap. It sounds quick. It sounds dirty, you know, flipping a house. We're just going to flip it and make a bunch of money. Right. Um, and also when I started in this business early on, uh, 15, 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago, flipping houses was associated with, uh, uh flipping mortgages, which was an illegal transaction. So, I never really use the term flipping houses uh, for for those couple of reasons, uh, but I know over the years uh, it's just been the common common term used, flipping houses. So we're going to talk about that today. You want to be a house flipper? You want to flip houses? Here's what you got to do. Um, so first off, you know, there's when, when you're going to flip a house, when you're going to renovate a house, when you're going to uh, sell a house, uh, buy a house, you know, distressed distressed home fix it up and sell it retail. Um, you know, that's what you're doing when you, you flip a house. Uh, there's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of things to understand. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of, there's a lot of potential risk. Uh, there's a lot of potential downside. Uh, but then there is also a lot of potential for upside for, for huge gains for, for huge margins. So, um, I wanted to give you some tips, some tricks, some strategies on, you know, how you can possibly, uh, minimize those risks and, you know, maximize, uh, the, the that upside here. So first off, um, if you're new to the business, uh, you got to find a house. Uh, you got to find a house, or maybe you have a house, uh, a property, a home identified that that you want to flip, that you want to renovate. Um, but if you don't have that property lined up, you got to find that house. So, um, how do you go about finding that house? Uh, how do you go about securing your first flip? Um, there's a number of ways to do it. Um, you can, you know, go back to my previous uh recording on wholesaling houses um you know work with a wholesaler find a wholesaler how do you find a wholesaler again i don't want to beat a dead horse here but join your local ria uh your real your local real estate investors association start networking with people go on go on the internet um go on facebook find the local groups uh the real estate investors groups um you'll find wholesalers uh you know you can go online you can do an online search you know find uh find some wholesalers in your area, um, you know, read some reviews, talk to people that have done business with them in the past. Um, you can buy properties off the MLS. You can work with a real estate agent. Um, again, we're we're towards the top of mark of a market cycle right now, so there's a lot of competition out there. Uh, the better deals, the best deals are going to be the deals that the opportunities that you find off market that you get straight to the seller, um, that that you secure the deal and that you underwrite the deal and evaluate the deal, make sure it makes sense, and you secure the deal from the seller. You you close on the property, uh, you get you do the construction, you know, you take it to retail, you you control the whole transaction. Um, you know, 
How do you go about working with sellers? Again, go back to my previous podcast on wholesaling. You do door knocking, you can do mailers, you can do, um, you know, you can do some internet lead generation. But if you don't have the time, effort, or en- energy um, to source that deal, you know, you can work with a wholesaler, you can work with a real estate agent, uh, you can do an on market deal. Margins are going to be slimmer, um, but there still should be a margin there uh, if if it's if it's a good deal. So. Um, what type of property uh, should be your first flip? If you're if you're new to the business, if you're green, uh, you know nothing about the business. You got a lot to learn. Um, you got a lot to learn um, as far as as far as uh, you know finding the deal, underwriting the deal, doing the construction, evaluating the construction, and then pricing the property accordingly. If you're new, if you're new to the business, if you don't have a full understanding of construction, in my opinion, you want to flip a house. That house that you flip should one have two have multiple exit strategies and two you know be a minimal type of renovation meaning cosmetic type repairs paint flooring maybe a kitchen upgrade maybe a bathroom upgrade um, maybe it needs a roof maybe it needs windows maybe it needs a furnace maybe it needs a few of those things maybe but not all of those things uh, in my opinion if you are new to the business green as can be. You don't know much about the business. You should not be undertaking on a full gut renovation in a hundred-year-old home. There's a lot of unforeseens. There's a lot of unknowns. Uh, you'll be dealing with possible foundation issues. You'll be dealing with knob and tube wiring. Um, you know, potential plumbing issues. You'll probably do some structure. You might want to do some structural changes, opening up walls. You know, creating master suites for multiple bedrooms. You know, in my opinion, if you're new to the business, you should not be doing a you know hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollar renovation in a, in a hundred year old home for your first renovation. Why? Many, many reasons. Um, first and foremost, a lot of things can go wrong. There can be a lot of unforeseens. Um, you're probably likely building that relationship with the contractor that you're working with for the first time. Um, you know. You may have missed something on the budget uh, and then timing. I mean, big renovations take a long time. You know, it could take three months, six months, nine months to do a big renovation. Uh, you have carry costs associated with that. Your cost of your money, the the property taxes on the home, plus, you know, all the downtime where, where, where you've got that property and you've got no income coming in. And then two, you know, I talked about multiple extra strategies. Um, you know, in my opinion, your first flip should be should be a quick, a quick renovation, a, a, a less expensive renovation. You know, we buy a lot of like the 1950s brick ranches that we keep in portfolio brick ranches and two stories. Um, you know, those are good properties for your first flip. Uh, if you're going to buy a home, you know, in a, in a median price point neighborhood that has an after repaired value of, you know, hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars uh, that you're going to buy at a discount, that you're going to do some some paint, some flooring, maybe a kitchen and bath upgrade. You're going to spend, you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars on the renovation. And then you're going to sell that home retail. Um, you know, if it's worth one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you may have bought it for 50. You may spend, you know, 30, 30, 40,000 dollars on the renovation. You're all in at 90. Um, you got cost of your money, you got some closing costs, you got transactional costs. There's still probably a you know 20, 30,000 dollar profit on, on that on that flip. You know, that is a good, good type of, of, of flip for your first deal. And here's why. You got to talk about multiple exit strategies. Um, if you do your first flip, let's say things go wrong. Let's say you overpaid for the property. 
uh, and then there's no margin left at the end. Or let's say you went, you missed something on your renovation and there's no margin left at the end. Or let's say you picked a property in a bad area or you didn't see something in the home that that made it retail worthy. Well, if you bought the home right, uh, you fixed it up right and you're all in, you know, 70, 80, 90, you know, $100,000, whatever, and you aren't able to sell that home retail, or let's talk about the market. The market changes and, you know, financing isn't available for retail sales or whatever the case may be, or you, you aren't able to secure a buyer. If you're in that into that home at a lower price point, you still have the ability to rent that home out and make money, make money on the cash flow. Um, and hold it for a period of time, you know, if, if, you know, you got to hold it for six months or a year or two years or five years or whatever, you still have the ability to make money on the cash flow. That's, a, that's what I mean by a multiple exit strategy. You bought the home to flip, something didn't go right. You had to maybe refinance it, um, pay off your, your funding source, or, you know, um, get, get your cash back out of the deal. If you did it as a cash transaction, um, you have the ability to refinance that home or, you know, just leave your cash in there. If you have to, you have the ability to, uh, rent that home out and cover your costs. So that's a multiple exit strategy. Now let's say, for example, um, you get into a big renovation, let's just say, you know, it's, it's a big, you know, hundred year old home in, in a nice part of town. Um, you know, whether that's Lawrenceville or, you know, Southside or Mount Washington, East Liberty, wherever I, I say those neighborhoods again, because, you know, we're in Pittsburgh here. You probably have, if you're in a different city, different part of town, you probably have those neighborhoods. Um, you may have those old neighborhoods that that are, you know, higher price points or, you know, I, I, I said city neighborhoods. But if you go out into the suburbs and you buy, you know, a big home in Sewickley um, or Edgeworth or, you know, uh, um, you know, wherever, uh, just a higher price point home in general. Let's just say you bought you bought a home that, you know, you paid, you know, 250,000 for it. You're going to spend, you know, 100,000 on your renovation. You're going to have your transactional costs, your cost, your money, your closing costs. And, you know, you have that pegged at a 500, $550,000 uh, uh, resale price or whatever the numbers are. You got a big, big profit margin slated. But let's say you miss something on your renovation. Let's say you missed a foundation issue. Um, let's say you, you know, ran into a plumbing issue where you had to uh, replace the main from the house to the curb, or um, you know, you you found something that that you know your renovation budget now goes from you know a hundred thousand to one hundred fifty thousand or two hundred thousand or whatever. Um, you missed something, um, or you had some some issues with your contractor um, where you know things weren't done properly, and you had to bring another contractor in. These are all things that happen happen uh, when you're, that can happen when, when you're renovating a house. So you're into that big home, um, you're, you know, your renovations way out of whack or on the flip side, maybe, you, maybe you didn't do proper due diligence. Um, and, you know, you thought that was a 550, but you get towards the end of the road and you, you, you find out that it's a 450 or a 400 or, you know, whatever the case may be, your, your margins aren't there. You have one, you, you have one exit strategy when you, um, uh, when you get into those higher price points and that's to sell. And here's why, I mean, when you get into the higher price points, you've got higher property taxes, um, you know, and, and just the, the cost in general is, is much, much higher and you don't have the ability to, to rent that house out or lease that home out, um, to support the cost with that, that home. So when you get into those higher price point homes, they're riskier, um, 
And, you know, if you miss something, you got one exit strategy, you, you sell it, you, you got to sell that home. So are you going to sell it, um, and at a break even, are you going to sell it at a loss? Um, you know, those are all things that can happen. Of course, the, the other exit strategy is to move in and you really want to live in that home. Um, so think about that. <clears throat> If you screw something up on a bigger home, a bigger renovation, you know, it can be it can be big, big numbers. It can be a big, big problem. If you screw something up, uh, if you miss something on a smaller, cheaper home right out of the gate as you're learning the business, you have multiple extra strategies. Um, so take a look at that, you know, plus with the smaller, quicker uh, renovations, you know. You, you can get in and out quicker. Uh, the dollar amount might be lower on your profit margin. Um, but, you know, if you look at time value of money, uh, get in, learn the business, uh, sell the home and make a little bit of money and move on to the next one. Uh, maybe you do that first one, then you go into two more, or maybe you do your first couple of small homes. You go into a bigger renovation. You've now built a relationship with a contractor, um, general contractor. Uh, you guys are working well together you feel good about, uh, you know, taking on a bigger, larger project. So, you know, that's, that's my take, um, you know, with, uh, uh, if you want to get into the business, start, I mean, safety, security, uh, you know, start with something cheaper that has multiple extra strategies, something less expensive, um, lower price points that has multiple extra strategies. Don't take on the full gut renovation right out of the gate. Um, you know, look for multiple extra strategies. And then, you know, that leads back to, you know, when, um, you found your property. So you found your property, you you've identified your property. How do you fund the deal? How do you fund the deal? Uh, when you, if you want to flip a house, um, you know, you can't go to the bank and borrow money. Um, banks typically don't loan on, on, you know, non-livable homes, um, you know, distressed homes. So, um, if you have money, if you have a, a bank role, if you're, if you're going to self fund that great, um, you're going to make a greater margin cause you're not, you know, there's no, there's no cost to the money. Um, if you are using your own cash, you should account for that in your numbers. Um, you should make sure that, you know, you're making a profit on the margin that, that supports, you know, a profit margin plus, you know, the cost of your money. Um, However, you know, if you don't have a lot of money, if you need funding available, um, there are lenders out there that are that are known as as hard money lenders. Um, you know, I've worked with a lot of I don't currently, you know, do deals with with hard money lenders, um, but I've worked with a lot of hard money lenders in the past that that, you know, lend based on the merit of the project. They'll um, it's typically, you know, hard money lender. They're, most of them are still going to want you to have some skin in the game, some cash in the deal, uh, but they'll lend uh, they'll lend a large por portion of the typically lend a large portion of the purchase price, typically lend a large portion of of the, the renovation cost. Um, that'll be held in escrow and, you know, re released as, you know, the renovation is complete. How do you find those hard money lenders? Um, how do you find, you know, people that are in the business of, of lending money, um, you know, on investment type real estate? I've said this time and time again, but join your local RIA, um, Real Estate Investors Association. Uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the local RIAs have, um, you know, vendors that, that come to their group. I know it, at Acre of Pittsburgh, um, which is the RIA that I help run. Um, we have, uh, we have several hard money lenders that have been in the business for a long, long time that have done a lot of deals. Um, you know, and when, when, 
if you're going to do business with a hard money lender, um, do do some research on them. Um, you know, make sure that uh, uh, that they've they've been in the business for a long time. Talk with people that have worked with them in the past. Um, you know, make sure that uh, that they're closing out transactions, that they're funding the deals, that they're gonna they're gonna follow through um, with the transaction. As long as you do what you're supposed to do on the front end, um, you know. When it comes to you know somebody that's that's in the business or a, a company that's in the business of lending money, um, there shouldn't be any huge upfront upfront fees, any any huge underwriting fees. Um, you know, you might have to pay for an appraisal, you might have to pay for you know an application fee, a minimal application fee, but there shouldn't be a lot of cost that you're you're paying upfront to you know secure <clears throat> that funding. And when I say upfront, I mean prior to closing. Um, you know, hard money lenders, uh, their, their rates vary. It's typically, you know, short term, high interest money because, you know, you're going to be in the deal for three, six, nine months, you know, maybe a 12 month max. Um, you know, their rates vary. Some lenders charge some points and a slightly lower interest rate. Some lenders charge a higher interest rate with uh, fewer or little points. Um, but again, uh, you know, you have to look at this is not necessarily, you know, don't necessarily look at the, um, at the cost of the money, um, because it's a line item in your spreadsheet. Um, look at, look at what, you know, when you're dealing with, with funding, um, does it make sense? Does the deal make sense? Does it support the cost of the money? Of course, everybody likes to get things cheaper. Everybody likes to get things at a lower rate. Um, but the alternative is if you have no money available or if you have little money to do your deal uh, and, you know, the hard money lender or the, you know, the, the, the funding source that you're using, you might look at it and say, well, that rate's crazy. You know, I'd never pay that much. Well, look at the alternative. Don't do the deal. You know, <laughs> you know, it's um, I, when I was, when I started my business early on, you know, almost 20 years ago, I did a lot of business with hard money lenders and yes, um, you know, the cost is high. The, the, um, the transactional, uh, the, the cost associated with the funding is high, but the alternative was me not getting started a business because I didn't have my own money. I needed, I needed money to fund my deals and that that funding was available um you know i'll never forget when i uh my first transaction uh when i was 21 years old um you know i bought a duplex i used hard money to purchase the property because you know i was i was you know just getting started i was young i was out of school my wife now my girlfriend at the time you know we lived in a 350 a month apartment i think i had a thousand bucks uh to my name you know when i bought my first deal so i wasn't you know there was no handouts there was no like you know, there was no trust funds. There was no, there, there was no like, Hey dad, Hey dad, can I borrow some money to do this deal? Like it wasn't there. I had to go out and find my own resources. So, uh, to me, you know, hard money lenders were, were a great resource. Um, you know, when I started my business, uh, cause that's the, that's the model that, that I was working at the time. Um, so that's, uh, you found your deal, uh, you got your funding available. Um, yes, when it comes to funding, there's many, many ways to fund a deal. Um, you get, you can do your own cash. You can do the hard money. You can do the hard money loans. If you have a good relationship with a bank, maybe they can extend a line of credit. If you have some assets available, um, that, that have some equity or things like that. Again, I'm not like giving any advice or opinions on, on, you know, which way is best or which strategy you should use. I'm just telling you, you know, things that, you know, people have done in the past, um, to fund their transactions. Actions. Uh, you know, when it, so, so we've got our deal, we've got our financing, you know, next piece to, to flipping a house is, is construction. You got to manage the construction. Um, so in my opinion, 
really, you know, if you want to flip houses, in my opinion, you have no business flipping a house if you don't understand construction. You have to at least have a general understanding of the process. If you're going to secure a, a, a home to purchase and you're going to rely on a contractor, a general contractor uh, that you have never met, that you don't have a working relationship with, that that you've just, you know, found, you know, whatever. Um, that's not a great move, in my opinion. You have to have a general understanding of construction. What is, what do you need to do to this home to make it retail quality? If you're relying on the general contractor, if you're just buying a house and say, hey, fix, fix this thing up, I mean, it can go in any direction. You know, if you don't know that contractor well, um, you know, they could, it, it could go bad. I mean, they could go in there and do some, some subpar repairs, some par re, re, renovations, cover things up that, that, you know, you may never see. Um, they could go in there and blow the place out, you know, do amazing, rip everything out, blow your, blow your budget out of the water. So you have to understand construction, um, you know, when flipping a house, um, uh, you know, you have to understand, you know, what you need to do to make that home a good quality home for your end homeowner. I mean, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you have quality in mind. And then when it comes to design, um, you, you know, depending on the area, the type of home that you're in, you want to make sure that you're, you're doing, you're delivering not only a quality home that's gonna, that's gonna last for a very long time, but uh, you know, you want to make sure that you're, you're picking the finishes that, that are, that are par for the area. You know, that can go either way. You know, if you're, if you're in the suburbs, you know, doing a flip, doing a remodel, um, maybe you don't want to go super trendy like you would in, in, you know, trendy parts of the city. Um, you know, if you're in the city, you may not want the, uh, the, the traditional type finishes that you do out in the suburbs. So you have to have a, a general understanding of, of quality, um, making sure things that are, that need addressed are being addressed. And then two, you have to have a general understanding of, you know, uh, the, the, the finish selection. So, and the process throughout the renovation, um, you know, when you're flipping a house, you should be there. I mean, you should be there maybe not daily, but at least a couple of times a week, you should be checking on it, you know, checking on the progress, um, you know, making sure, making sure that the, the construction is getting done. You should understand construction. So when you're checking on the, <clears throat> on the project, you, you want to make sure that things are getting done properly, uh, that things aren't getting covered up and overseen because, because you're liable for that. I mean, Sure, when a, a homeowner purchases a property, you might provide a home warranty, but ultimately you need to make sure that that renovation is done properly. Um, things can't be covered up. Things can't be done half-assed. I mean, it has to be a good quality home that's delivered to your homeowners, um, you know, regardless of what type of warranty you're putting in place because you're liable. Um, you know, you, you are the person that bought that house that needed fixed up. You were the person that hired that general contractor to fix that house up, and you were the person that sold uh, that home to the end homeowner. So you are liable. Um, and plus, you know, when you're providing home ownership um, to to a family, individual or family, I mean, you want to make sure you're delivering a good product. So with flipping, um, you know, there's a with flipping, renovating, remodeling homes. There's a number of moving pieces. Um, so we've got our. Uh, We've got our how to find them. You know, we've got our 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 financing. We've we've covered the construction. <clears throat> Next up is the sale. How do, how do we sell the house? Um, find a good real estate agent. Find a good good real estate agent. Um, 
you want to get your home on the open market. Um, you don't want to skimp and, you know, try to do the for sale by owners. You don't want to, uh, um, you don't want to, to, you know, in my opinion, you don't want to list the, uh, the home for sale with, with, with a, uh, with a real estate agent because she's your cousin or your sister or your uncle or whoever, go with a top producer, go with a real estate agent that, that, it does volume that gets stuff done, um, that, that prices the, 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 the home properly. And that, I mean, that's another thing when it comes to price, go either way with that. Um, you know, you want to price your home properly and what is properly, um, what's other stuff selling for in the area. <clears throat> if you screwed up and you went over on your budget, you're not going to sell the home for, you know, 20, 30, $50,000 more than it's it's worth. You, you you just can't do that. You have to sell it. Uh, look at your comparable sales. Your real estate agent will provide the comparable sales if you don't have the ability to 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 do that research on your own. Compare apples to apples when when pricing your home. There's different strategies. There's different ways um, to go about selling a home. Some real estate agents will suggest that you that you list the uh, the home slightly lower than the comps, uh, the comparable sales to create traffic and get multiple buyers and, you know, get uh, get get offers and, you know, hopefully list, you know, sell the home over asking price. Um, some real estate agents will suggest that um, some real estate agents will give you the price and say, let's let's list it here. I feel comfortable with this price. And then, you know, some real estate agents will say, let's be a little aggressive. Let's go a few thousand bucks over the comps. Let's, I mean, your home's really nice. Uh, these comps aren't fully remodeled. So a uh, real estate agent might suggest that, you know, comps are, comps are 200,000. You know, maybe this one's a, a 210, a 215 or something like that. So, so getting that relationship, you got to build that relationship with the, the, the real estate agent. Um, how do you find a good real estate agent? there's, there's a ton of ways to do it, but you know, you can go on social media, um, see, see who's, you know, follow somebody, you know, connect with real estate agents, find the top producers, you know, see who's making stuff happen. Um, you know, and again, if you go back to your local RIA, um, your, your local real estate investors association, there's going to be real estate, uh, agents there that, you know, work with investors that network invest with, uh, with investors that understand, you know, the business as a whole, you know, that might be somewhere to find a real estate agent, but regardless, you know, when you sell the home, that's a key component um, to flipping flipping houses, renovating houses is that sale. Um, so make sure you're you're working with someone that that is in the business, that understands the business, that's getting stuff done. Um, I would recommend against um, just going with a real estate agent that has someone that just has a license um, that maybe does this part time or doesn't do a lot of volume of business in today's market. Yes, I've said it before. We're towards the top of the market cycle, so getting a home out there on the MLS um, it, it will likely you know if it's if it's fixed right if it's priced right it'll likely attract um buyers and there's not there may not be a whole lot of additional time effort or energy involved you know on the list agents part <clears throat> but but you know getting that agent that that is in the business that is a that is doing a volume of business that will only help you in my opinion so 
we've got our acquisitions. Um, you know, we've got our, uh, our financing, we've got our construction covered. We've, we've got the sale to the, co- uh, sale covered, you know, that's just a few of the, the moving pieces, um, when it comes to flipping houses, renovating houses, um, they, you know, there's a lot more when it comes to, um, you know, identifying the property, making sure you're, you're, you know, looking at the right ratios, um, you know, you see it time and time again with with shows like Flip This House. So they bought this home for 50K. They spent 30 in renovations or they spent 50 in renovations and <clears throat> they sold it for 200,000 and there was a $100,000 profit. Well, that can't be anything further from the truth um, because they didn't talk about transactional cost. Uh, there's transactional cost when you purchase. There's transactional cost when you sell. There's cost of the money. There's holding costs. So you know, if you're looking at a $50,000 purchase, if you're looking at a $50,000 renovation and a $200,000 sale price, there's not a hundred thousand in profit. There might be $50,000 in profit. So again, you, you got your transactional costs on your front end, which is, which is uh closing costs. You get your transfer tax. If, you know, if you're, if you're in Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania, um, you know, in, in our area, we have transfer tax, uh, which is high. Um, two, three, 5%, depending on where you're at. Um, we have, you have the cost of your money. If you're borrowing money, you have high interest money. There might be, uh, um, you know, interest and some points involved with that. So you got cost of your money and then you got your holding costs. If you're going to hold the property for six months, nine months, you got taxes, utilities, insurance, uh, there's your holding cost. Um, on the back end, you're going to have your share of the transfer tax again. Uh, you're going to have your commissions to your real estate agent. Um, you know, there, there may be some other small fees, stock prep, deed prep that, <clears throat> that goes with, uh, with closing costs, uh, on, on the sale. Well, also there's doc prep and deed prep or doc prep on the front end, but those are, those are minimal in the grand scheme of things. So, um, make sure you're looking at all the costs associated, uh, when, about, when underwriting your deal. Um, the, the last thing you want to do is, is get into the business, um, flip your first house and set it up for failure right out of the gate because you didn't identify all your costs. Um, take a look at that, uh, costs associated with the sale. Um, you know, when you're, when you're working with a general contractor, when you get to the, when you get to the construction, again, use proper documentation, general contractors agreements, um, make sure that general contract, make sure you have insurance for that general contractor. You're listed, listed as an additional insured on that, on that general contractors, um, uh, insurance policy. Uh, you have your general contractors agreement, uh, uh, or your construction con, uh, agreement, which, you know, spells out, you know, there's probably a scope of work, that's attached to that, um, that spells out responsibilities and expectations. Uh, there's a draw schedule that's attached with that in your scope of work. You have to accomplish these things to get to get the draw first draw, second draw, um, make sure all of that, those things are identified upfront. Again, you know, this is a business run your business like a business. You can't be doing anything on a handshake or, you know, conversation out in the driveway or in the living room or anything like that. Cause again, that's setting yourself up for failure. Um, <clears throat> you don't want to get uh, midway through your renovation, uh, general contractor asks for a draw and you say, well, you didn't complete this or this isn't done yet. Or, or, well, you said it was going to be this price. Well, it's all in your, it's all in your, it should all be in your general contractor's agreement. And again, that's something that your real estate attorney could provide. Uh, if you have a template, you know, that, that you've, that you've acquired somewhere, you know, just have your attorney review it and approve it. Um, you know, cause again, proper preparation prevents poor performance. So make sure your doc, 
documents and your agreements are in place. Uh, make sure all, all um, aspects of, of your renovation are done properly. Uh, if your general contractor is going to handle the renovation as a whole, um, just just be sure that, you know, proper permits and inspections are done on all aspects of the renovation. You know, you got, uh, you got your plumbing, your HVAC, your electrical, um, you know, make sure you got proper permits and inspection. Cause again, um, you know, as the, as the, the, the owner, as the, the, the flipper, the, the seller of the property, um, you're liable, you're liable for, for, things that could happen down the line. So you want to make sure you have your, your contractor's agreement. You want to have, make sure there there's the liability insurance, um, you know, the insurance from the uh, general contractor. You want to make sure all the inspections and permits, permits are properly pulled, inspections are done, um, things are things are closed out, occupancy uh, permits and inspections are obtained at the end of the, at the end of the renovation. Make sure you're all covered. So you don't set yourself up for failure down the line. So, you know, that's it. We could talk about this for hours. I mean, there's so many moving pieces for, um, you know, when it comes to flipping a house, but I just wanted to give you a little bit more detail, but an overview of, you know, a number of the moving pieces, uh, things to look for, things to watch for, things to make sure you cover, um, you know, if you're going to flip your first house, uh, because I certainly don't want to see you set yourself up for failure right out of the gate. So that's it. I mean, that's my message for today. I hope you found value in it. And again, you know, I'm not asking for anything in return other than if you found value in this message, uh, share it with somebody that that could also find value in this message. Help me spread the word. Help me grow the following here. That's all I ask for in return. And that's it. Have a great day.